back to the 801 Podcast. I'm Cho. I'm Ashley. Melissa. Sarah. Puzzle Savant. And today we're talking about a topic that is near and dear to all of us, but especially me, <laughs> and that is uh, problematic content and antis. And if you've been living under a rock for the past two years and you don't know what an anti is, and to make it short and sweet, an anti is someone who has very critical um, views of what they think shipping should entail and the kind of content that should be allowed in fandoms. So in that case, that would be anything that's incestuous. So no Wincess, no Elrixess, um, no age gaps. Uh, sometimes Sheath, which is Shiro and Keith from Voltron, falls into that. So anyone over the age of 18 with anyone under the age of 18, no matter what that may be, is then considered pedophilia. Or even if they're aged up. Or even if they're aged up, especially then, because that means you're just a dirty, dirty adult who is changing a fictional child's <laughs> age like some heathen. Just to make it morally acceptable. Yeah. For the antis. <laughs> So um, how exactly antis came about uh, is oft debated. Um, so back in our day, and that varies from each of us, but uh, we had these thing, this thing called LiveJournal. And if you were a little older than that, you had this thing called Yahoo Groups or GeoCities where you hosted your own. Um, and fan fiction was pretty much a, a Mad Max style free-for-all where you found your communities and you posted whatever filthy shit you wanted to and you said, uh, these characters aren't mine, disclaimer. And uh, it's basically don't like, don't read. So you just, you put that, please don't flame me. It's yaoi, boy, boy, if you don't like lemon. that, don't read this. It's a lemon, yeah. <laughs> don't like, don't read. Um, and for the most part, people adhere to that. I mean, you had flaming, of course, and uh, there were some pretty rude communities where people would drag you for your grammar or if you made a Mary Sue, but uh, no one was really considered himself morally superior in that regard. Um, did you guys, were you guys ever a part of like the whole like don't like don't read, no flaming? Oh god, yeah, that is Which I think like for people who are younger, it's, it's different because like on Tumblr, I mean, you can follow certain tags, you can block certain tags, but by and large, whatever comes up on your timeline or your feed is dependent upon who you follow. There's very little control over actually what comes in because it depends upon what people are going to reblog or like mm -hmm. versus LiveJournal, which is much more like the old forum type concept where you had to go and search out. So if I want to join a full metal alchemist community for Ed and Out, I have to go find that specific community. Mm -hmm. It could still be allowed. Um, in the general one. So, like, you would have your general fandom community, which would allow, um, depending on the rules, like, every kind of fanfic to be posted. Then there would be the subgroup, which would be, like, Fullmetal Alchemist Yaoi. So it was all BL pairings for Fullmetal Alchemist, which would allow any of those. And then you would get to your actual pairing community, which is where you would have the most freedom to do anything. You're probably more likely to find people who aren't going to flame you or give you a bad review because it's the same like-minded people just sharing exclusively that content, which is much harder to replicate on Tumblr or on Twitter in these other communities. Yeah, and that's true. Um, LiveJournal was consisted of everyone had their own little community, they had their own little thing. Um, a lot of them were friends locked, so you couldn't even see some of the posts for it, mm -hmm. so you were completely like shielded from that if you didn't want to see it, and you only saw what you wanted to see. Which is, it, the privacy protected the members in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. even though it's not like I was giving out my LiveJournal username to everybody, there was the sense that you know, this is something that you're not just going to tell everybody yeah. that, you know, hey, I like this pairing. It's something that you can kind of keep secret and safe. Mm -hmm. And then um, in 2007, tragedy struck when uh, iJournal users woke up to find that their beloved communities were gone and that there were strikes through all the usernames. Um, that was the start of the great strike through and bowl through of a live journal where... Uh, 
rumored that a conservative online watchdog group called Warriors for Innocence um, complained about LiveJournal hosting uh, these communities. Because LiveJournal, of course, answers to a host themselves, and they have advertising on there that helps them pay their bills. And Warriors for Innocence were threatening to... Um, like take away that funding, like contact the advertisers to get Live Journal's funding taken away if they didn't clean up the site. So Live Journal went through and anything that was tagged with like incest or like um, I know Pornish Pixies, which was the Harry Potter um, explicit fan fiction um, one, which was different from mm-hmm. the regular Harry Potter fan fiction, which was like pretty much just G and teen. But a lot of Weasley cest blogs got targeted. Yeah. Um, because it was mm-hmm. definitely higher profile stuff because I mean me being in the like et al community, that wasn't a thing, but like we all went into like bunker mode and that like are we gonna get targeted? Yeah. Because it was it was like I mean, if that's your community and that's like as a teenager where you're going to like make friends or to, to have your interaction and that's being taken away, like in the blink of an eye, it's like I mean it's like getting banned from Twitter, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's yeah. like. So but. something similar is currently happening on Tumblr right now. I don't know if, know if you've heard. Oh, yeah. Yahoo got really mad and they got um, blocks from the Apple store. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, because... Well, so, uh, from yeah. my understanding, like someone was hacking into other people's accounts and then posting porn, like legit... It was kid porn. It, it was a lot of oh, child it was just, porn. It was like actually just regular people were posting porn. Are you serious? Yeah, it was yeah. actual, people like, were actual people hacked. posting I, I know one, per, one artist yeah. got hacked because she would just do regular artwork for anime, but then she suddenly had, like, pornographic pictures showing up. So yeah, Tumblr just, just like, stuck her out. Yeah, I mean, when, when they, Tumblr got bought, they did do a little bit of a crackdown because I think Yahoo was like, oh, what is this? This is just, like, a bunch of pornographic... Because Tumblr yeah. is largely pornographic in some oh, yeah. instances, and there was definitely the, the backlash against what they had, had gotten. And, and it's think, happening on Instagram now where they're they're taking away a lot of those accounts because some of them are bought, but they're cracking down on the pornographic accounts. Yeah, and I think after Yahoo bought Tumblr, they in, they enacted, like, you can mock your blog as not safe for work, and you have yeah. to have an account to see it. And then, of course, they had to, like, really, like, be on top of, like, taking stuff down now that they'll... Um, out of the Apple iOS store because mm-hmm. Apple was like, no, we're not going to like have this app that has a bunch of kitty porn on it, which good for them, but then making Tumblr mm-hmm. get more action on it. Not to well, mention all the porn bots that you get following you, you on yeah. Porn bots <laughs> yeah. were fine. It was, it was mostly like the live journal situation where it was like fanish communities, people who mm-hmm. were drawing like like Kagami from Kuroko's Basketball is yeah. a 16 year old boy technically but mm-hmm. his abs are up to here and he looks like a fully grown man yeah. but it's still considered child pornography if you put him yeah. in a sexual situation mm-hmm. so I had that happen on DeviantArt and this is this is directly related to, related to anti's because being an LRSS shipper um, I got a lot of hate on my DeviantArt account for it because people like even before this whole big anti-movement in general if you're an incest shipper people are going to hate on you for that um, it is a less popular pairing option mm-hmm. um, so there was a lot of hate mail that I would get and at one point I got just fed up with it and I was just like posted a bunch of rants about how I felt like the people were doing this and they they weren't just like against Ed and Al being together as brothers that it was really coming from a more homophobic point of view that these were people who were Ed Winry shippers who were against Ed being in a relationship with a guy mm-hmm. so that's where I was taking the issue was like look you're just not like I have a right to ship this what is it doing to harm you like you can't take away my right to ship this this is just harmless stuff so Literally, like, the next day, I opened up my DeviantArt uh, back when people use them more often, and, like, half of my fan art had been taken away by DeviantArt because they said it was um, – it basically, like, the content was against their TOS because – 
even though, like, Ed, in some cases, I was like, well, look, in this movie, he's over 18. They were like, well, you know, we can't prove that. You know, this is a fictional character. He's 16 here and there. So basically, I lost the argument with DeviantArt, um, and, like, half of my stuff was gone because people were like, oh, it's, you know, content between two minors. But that was, like, in reaction to somebody who clearly got pissed off and just reported all my stuff. So, I mean, at least I didn't get reported to the IRS, but... Uh, <laughs> you mean FBI? I mean, it's like the fandom equivalent of being reported to the IRS is being reported cool. to the site that you're on for having content that, like, has been there for years until somebody just gets pissed at you because yeah. you disagreed with them. And that brings up a really uh, good point because antis are considered, like, they're on a moral crusade, basically. They're like the queer teenage version of like Christian Protestants just coming in being like everything is simple we need to cleanse this um, but a lot of it does come down just basically to like bare bones petty ship wars and the best way to win a ship war is to paint the rival ship as being completely immoral that you can't ship it like that happens a lot in Supernatural where there's only two options you could either ship the brothers or not ship the brothers yeah. <laughs> and the not ship the brothers option is Destiel and for like and Supernatural's been around since 2003 or 4 yeah. so for like 14 years we've just been like pretty much in harmony until up until like two years ago when suddenly it became cool to be like okay you can crack down on like an incest ship and then like then Destiel is the only moral option there's nothing else yeah. The same thing with like sheath and clants. Um, the anti shaladin movement. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't ship Shiro with any of the paladins because he's older. It was also no. that um, in the Glee fandom. Agree with that. Like this was like back in like 2010, 2011, because there was an alk in the story where Kurt, um, he goes to like a small school in Ohio, so he faces a lot of homophobia. And he gets bullied in particular by one of the jocks named Karofsky. Mm-hmm. And Karofsky's actually gay and he's like dealing with his like homophobia and feelings and so like one day he like slams code against the locker and kisses him and he says like if you tell anyone i'll kill you like he friend is like he um could have to move to a different school because he was scared for his life and stuff and so there was a lot of anti like Kurt and Kurowski shippers they're like this isn't healthy don't like ship this and so then you'd have the Kurowski and Kurt shippers like fighting back like no this is why it can ship them and it was just a lot of drama with that too what I was briefly in the Glee fandom, and as much as I love um, Brittany and Santana, Santana oh, was no, so verbally you. abusive to Brittany, but that was considered like a pretty morally superior ship itself. Yeah. So it really comes down to like what gets in the way of someone's ship wanting to be canon, and then you yeah. just pick out a reason for that to be like immoral. And then there was forward. also drama with those two. I think because Brittany wasn't really all there. Like Brittany she was have... with Bar- with Artie at some point, and people hated Barty because they, he called her stupid once. Yeah. And people were like, "That's abusive." You can't Ship it. And I think just people also just because like sh- like she might have had like a some kind of learning disorder I think just because oh, yeah. she wasn't all there. She was stupid and people were like well that means she's like mentally disabled and yeah. therefore that you can't ship Britney. And anymore. she also like like told I, I think um, Brittany Santino told Brittany that she couldn't like date guys like she was sort of telling her what she could and couldn't do at some yeah. point. She, said, but she didn't believe in bisexuality. Yeah. I'm sorry we're getting off on a Glee. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a Glee podcast now. <laughs> is that they they seem like. We can't interpret a certain, like, I can't interpret a character as gay or with his brother, but they can interpret a whole lot of other stuff to make their ship okay, or then to tell me, it's like, 
if a character's stupid, like, why why would you just, not, you know, naturally, oh, they have, you know, a mental handicap and you can't ship them because that's wrong, as if to say that yeah. people who don't have, who have many mental handicaps can't have relationships. Like, it yeah. starts to get morally questionable on the other side, too, so it's like, it's just one of these, like, well, I'm right and you're wrong and you can't question me, but I can question everything you're doing. Yeah. Very yeah. much like the fundamentalists who like to tell me everything I'm doing wrong being gay, but it's like, man, have you looked at yourself to see what else you might be doing wrong? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not one of these, like fair situations it's you're obviously like it puts you on the defensive when it's like this should be an even playing field here it's just fandom yeah yeah, it's fiction but look people are like fiction affects reality which we can say is true sometimes fiction does affect reality like if we talk about like uh positive representation on television like yeah if you see yourself reflected in like tv shows that's good for like visibility it's good for like uh people who identify as lgbt to see themselves on like tv and movies and things like that but we're talking about like someone's like 500 word Starker fan fiction where like Tony Stark's fit, like Tony Stark fists Peter Parker. <laughs> That's not going to have a wide reach like a movie would. Yeah. So why are you like focusing on that? I feel like the reaction to like fan fiction is not proportionate to like its reach because like that representation of like fisting Peter Parker um, isn't going to reach like Game of Thrones, which has like multiple incestuous like couples, multiple like mm-hmm. age gaps on it. People like millions of people watch Game of Thrones. How many people are going to watch the? How are going to like look at your like Elric says, um fan, uh, fan art? Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a misplaced like outrage. Like to some extent, in some of these cases, it's like okay, I can't argue with you that you know relationships between a guy who's like thirty and a fifteen year old. Yeah, that's wrong. Like nobody's going to sit here and say that's right, but. It's like, if that's your outrage, then channel it into the appropriate things. Don't channel it into fiction or to coming after people for fiction because it's like, it it comes down to that difference between fantasy and reality. And it's like, look, I can tell that this is fantasy. That doesn't make it wrong that I'm, you know, interacting in this fantasy. If you have a problem with this, channel it into the right way. Go after this in real life, you know? Like, there's there's more good you could do that way than chasing after somebody for a fanfic or that is what we call punching down because what you're doing is like most people in fandom are like women and most of those women like statistically speaking identify as lgb sometimes t but mostly lgb and like if you're punching down at them at like fan fiction writers and fan artists instead of like a rich white dude like George uh, Lucas, who has like, if you say that Kylo Ren and uh, Ray is abusive, then why are you going after like the Raylo shippers on Tumblr who are like minding their own business rather than like this guy who's profiting off these problematic things? And I understand that most antis are very young, so they uh, attack their community because it's within reach for them. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't justify what you're doing. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot healthier just to, like, focus your energy on promoting the works that you do like, that do have good, healthy relationships, you know? Like, promote those shows that, like, have all the LGBT models and just all that healthy stuff because you're just, like, you're making yourself just more angry, you know? You're hurting yourself when you always just fill your life with hate, just every day, just being so anti-everything. So you're saying they shouldn't mind their own beeswax? Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, that yeah, should be positive. Such, such a... <laughs> And be a good change, not a bad change. It's like it's it's got to be a generational divide, and it's probably based upon the platforms that people use. Because this is just not the story that I encounter with fandom. Like I learned based on what everybody else was posting. Like you adapt these rules. Like I nobody especially told me I had to say don't like, don't read, don't flame. Like it was just a thing that you you matched everybody else and what they were doing. 
you know, like I said, I had a beta and I never had anybody read my work. Like it's just because everybody said they had a beta. So it's like, well, I guess it's something you do. And I listed my sister. Like, <laughs> so it, it's gotta be like, I just don't know like what, what has shifted in the, you know, is it a millennial versus Gen Z? Like what's gone, gone on for people to, to come after it? Cause it's just like, just, you know, we kind of just leave each other alone. Like there's no reason to like actively go after somebody like I could, I could just mind my own business and I'd be a lot happier. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less effort too. It's like, yeah. what? You're putting in so much effort. Yeah. It's very easy to hate, but also I think people forgot that an artist or an author, they can create whatever they want. Like that is their right as an artist to do, to create whatever world that they come up with. And when they mention something like rape or incest or whatever else, I don't think they're doing it to like hurt people. Um, I think they're just trying to maybe teach a lesson with it, possibly with their work. Um, because maybe there's a lesson to be learned in that story. And sometimes it's a plot device, but exactly. But yeah. With, um, the death of Adam yeah. in uh, Voltron, like people were attacking the artists for that. Like that was uncalled for in my opinion. Cause that's their right. And I mean, it did move the story along a bit. And I mean, yeah. But they're they're fictional characters. They don't need that protection. Too. The artists are who you should be protecting, not attacking. Yeah, I mean, artists aren't out there creating work specifically to attack someone. If they are, then they should not be in that line of work. Yeah, you just can't get into a thought police type of situation because it's like, well, it's a very slippery slope to say, well, you can't have this, but we want this. And I, I think that a lot of the antis, they do want to have, you know, good portrayals of that kind of thing, good LGBT portrayals. They want to have healthy relationships. We want to have nice things in fiction, but you can't can't just have it be black and white here where there's good and bad like you some of these things are more nuanced exactly and okay so we like to think of like antis of like being just misguided but they have good intentions like they're just kids who are like we want to clean up fandom and like only see things that make us comfortable like if it makes us uncomfortable then you shouldn't be allowed to enjoy it even if we can't see it um but uh Antis do think, like you mentioned, they want these like squeaky clean portrayals of like LGBT people. And that is really not only unrealistic, but just like unfair because straight people like they get to be serial killers and they get to be mobsters and they get to be bad people and they get to be good people because they get to be complex. But we have to be just good, squeaky clean, like perfect representation all the time which means we only can enjoy good, squeaky clean um, representation. And uh, some of that is because like as a society, like as a Western society, because we are founded on Christian Protestant views, we tend to think of like sex as being inherently kind of bad and, and wrong. Like there's a reason like violence is considered like, okay, we can take a kid to watch Captain America punch someone's lights out, but they can't see a booby because then like they'll be corrupted for life. To be fair, punching out a Nazi is like America's pastime. So <laughs> I'm not just not I'm not like Captain America one, I'm talking about like Civil War. Like he's just beating the shit out of Iron Man. But he's Captain America, so it's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering if this um hatred it's that's a strong word to use but i'm wondering if it just came out of a fear of someone turning around picking up that work of art and saying look this just proves that the lgbt community is violent they are all about incest pedophilia because i could totally see like my former church doing that i mean they did that with harry potter they didn't even bother to read it they just picked up on magic and said it is the devil work i've not actually seen that from antis because a lot of antis are saying this to like other lgbt people like you are creating this incest mm-hmm. name so you are an incestuous person who was a pedophile and like some of the, the most of the things they go after are like like queer ships like 
sheath mm-hmm. and like uh, other like not necessarily incestuous ships, but like ships with age gaps and well because if, if somebody accuses you of being a pedophile or having child pornography that can stick even if mm-hmm. it's just an online accusation it will is that if you forever yeah i mean there you can get banned from groups people will just like you have to like change usernames and kind of like scrub your life <laughs> online because that will stick and that is a very serious accusation in any context real life or online to be throwing at somebody and they're throwing it around without really doing their research yeah and that, the worst part is is that they've kind of like ruined the word pedophilia because if cheryl is who is like 26 is with um keith who's like 18 and you consider that pedophilia it's like it's come to the point where like if if this was back in live journal someone was like this person's a pedophile i would be like oh my god i have to like block that person and like mm-hmm. no if contact 18, but now legal. on tumblr if someone says like oh this person is a pedophile because they ship sheath i'm like okay (laughs) yeah you're still a pedophile if it's ot yuri aged up because they're not that age in the show and it's like but they are in my thing like how is it like it just loses all meaning because it's so hyperbolic it's the boy who cried pedophilia okay that is such bs because like my godparents that's a 10 year difference between my godmother and my godfather right there i promise you i've seen on tumblr someone has been like well my dad is like 10 years older than my mom they're like oh your dad's a pedophile I've seen that so often it's it's like that documentary that they had on Netflix for a while that was are all men pedophiles and that that, like it's an interesting documentary but it it comes at you with like you know the conclusion they're going to draw based on that title alone you know it's clickbait but it's making the argument that you know all men are on some level attracted to like teenage girls and it's like that's just not true but But it also comes from Yowie a lot of a lot of the people that I see in modern fandom don't like yaoi the traditional sense they only like fan fiction and they think that makes them better because they only stick to fan fiction because yaoi can be so problematic mm-hmm. the age gaps are bigger that's it's power imbalances it's uh dubcon yeah the anti-fujoshi segment of um antis is insane um because a lot of it's just basically just misogyny with like i don't know vitriol just pouring all over it yeah Yeah. (laughs) because like these will be like women who like they only ship like mm ships and they only write like mm fan fiction and they only like watch mm porn but they will look at fujoshi and go oh you're just a fetishizing straight girl yeah it's like the thing now to like accuse people who ship things you don't like of being heterosexual for some reason like um, LGBT people are incapable of like liking problematic or complex things because we have to be squeaky clean and pure people, which is not at all true. So, since we're opening and sharing now, do we want to talk about our own problematic um, content interests so we can uh, connect? I, I will say that I do like I'm I'm so anti Fifty Shades of Grey because that was a gross misrepresentation of the um, BDSM community, but. I know my mom loves that book, and through that book, I brought up a discussion with her about, like, everything that's wrong with the book and the difference between the book and an actual BDSM community. So that was a good conversation starter, was through the book, but I just hate how people love that book and laud over it, but you know what? They're, they're going to like what they're going to like. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you can only yeah. hope that they're not going to learn from that book and think that is the proper way to have a BDSM relationship. I've come around on Fifty Shades a lot because a lot of the times, this is it falls into one of the pits of people don't like it because women like it. Yeah. If women yeah. like something, usually people are a lot more critical about it because like, we don't give the same energy to like Scott Pilgrim, which is basically about a guy who stalks a girl and then like is like completely manipulative to her. It's funny. 
and we like it. But yeah. in Fifty Shades, because women like it and because it deals with female sexuality, and it's usually older women that do it, it's like it's older women and it's like just for women, people tend to be a lot more critical about it. But there's, all, there's a bunch of Fifty Shades that yeah. are just like for men out there. It's also like, when I think think one of the reasons people also hate Yaoi, you know, it's a full woman, by women type of thing, you know? Because obviously, like, we've gotten better, but female sexuality is still really shamed. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we have all these, like, like romance novels. We got this all the Yaoi and stuff. And, you know, it may be unhealthy at times. It's also important that women can have that outlet to say that, yeah, my sexuality is okay, because we don't really have that in society a lot of times yet. Yeah, I mean, like, you see more people, like, go after BL than they do, like, lollycon. Yeah. Like, because women like it, and women are being open about something that's sexual that they like, and people have to, like, zero in on that. Including antis, because one of the uh, main anti-talking points is you're a 30-year-old woman, and why are you, like, here in fandom enjoying this? I guess they Because think, I peaked! Right? I guess... <laughs> this is... I have a mountain i'm at the peak of all this and these people come in and want to like shit on me and i'm like fuck off like do you not know like yeah. that's what it's so the, the older i get like the more angry i get about this anti stuff because it's like they have no idea where we've come from what our own experience are and it's like just leave me alone like i didn't ask for you to come it's like they they came into your house and just like started telling you like i hate the way you decorate it's like, i didn't invite you that's what this is the antis really hate women and especially women as you get older i guess they think that we're all supposed to like once you hit 30 you just like you shuck all your fandom and you go like have a family and you don't no. like touch the internet. You have more money when you're 30 to spend on these things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's much better. Like it is honestly like the older is like I can enjoy this stuff more. Yeah, yeah it's like the incels. Like they always feel like once like women reach like 20, like like a 30, that's when they like just boom, just can't have a sex life anymore. And their just mission is yeah. just to like settle down with a good guy after they've like how to sex with a bunch of dudes and it's like no that's not it they can have a sexuality at 30 it doesn't matter it's like oh you're 30 why are you like reading voltron fan fiction (laughs) is the same as like oh you're like you're a woman and you're on this video game server why aren't you in the kitchen yeah yes these people do realize that there are adults creating this material correct exactly voltron was created by an older woman like shout out to lauren montgomery who are (laughs) are profiting from it so yeah and the antis also like to like, oh, you can't like BL because it's bad. You should like Yuri on Ice and Love Simon, which were all created by women. Yeah, and when people, the Yuri on Ice thing gets me because I love this show to death. But for somebody to tell me like, oh, it's objectively better than BL or it's not BL, it's like it's created for women by women, and the female gaze is all over that thing. I mean, it is a much better look at what we presume to be a gay couple, though they never label, very important. Mm-hmm. The female gaze is all over it with the stripper pole, that whole scene, just episode one when you look at Victor's butt. Like, that is not anything but that, that just the whole cinematography of it. It is the female's version of Monster, Miz- like, Mizamine and those other, like, anime, like, um, just the etchy. Yeah, the etchies in the harem animes. That's mm-hmm. what I meant to say. Yeah. It's just that's, like that. I mean, and so with sports anime in particular, because I've had this happen. I mean, I've, I'll tell the story about the grocery store. Went up to the grocery store wearing a free shirt. And this guy was basically looked at it as a worker at Kroger and just shook his head and was like, you know, very obviously looking at my shirt and disagreeing with my choice to wear the, sh- the first shirt I found in the pile up to the grocery store. And it's like, you try to engage and you're like, well, I think you should give it a try, which I don't even know why I was trying to engage with him, but it's like, I think you should, should give it a try. It's free's pretty different if you can look past the apps, but there was the automatic judgment from him, which he said, like, you know, it's just for girls. 
Well, meanwhile, like, there are guys with like women, like you, you've seen this all before, yeah. like even on their bumper, yeah. you'll see the, that really skinny woman in a bikini leaning mm-hmm. back. Yeah. You know, we should have like Pajoshi versions of like the girls in the mud flaps, but just like free boys. <laughs> or maybe, maybe we should do what some people do with their big ass trucks and have those dangling balls. Oh yeah. I saw that oh. recently. Maybe that's what we should do. Oh God. Yeah. No. <laughs> But I mean, getting back to this, a lot of it does come from misogyny because like in my case, it was the automatic presumption that this is for girls and therefore it's bad and therefore I'm not going to like it and I should not watch it because it's for girls and it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing. Oh, Uh, well, one of the things I have a problem with the the older generation versus the younger generation is I don't think they understand accessibility that is there now that wasn't there when we were reading. Mm -hmm. Like, especially when I was um, young and reading, uh, when I first got into Yowie, there wasn't a lot to go. There was like one site you could read on there and that was it. And then there was only live journal. There was no AO3 that didn't exist. And so you only had a limited number of options out there and you had to go to Barnes and Noble and read in the back before your parents came to <laughs> pick you up, already wrapped, you know, yeah. or something like that. You know, you, you didn't have the same accessibility. So you just took what you could, whether it had rape, whether it had incest, you didn't care at that point. Yeah. Oh, watched, like, oh, you've yeah. got dope. You say I had to read Tyrant Falls in Love. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or, or the time. I mean, like it's not. Oh, common. Common. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 For people of a certain age, to for a lot of Fujoshi to have watched Boku no Pico, which is kind of a meme thing, and no, nobody in the right mind would go out and say, "I want to watch this." But when you are told you're getting a new Yaoi and it comes up on Air and Fantasy, you watch it regardless mm-hmm. of what the content actually was. Which I mean, now I think people think about Shoda very differently from BL, but at the time it was all lumped into one because there was not the accessibility of other materials. Right. I remember when I was much younger and I was just on YouTube and I'd go from one video to another. That's how I found Viewfinder. That's how I found Okanagani. Yeah. And it was a wild yeah. west. I mean, things are like a lot more controlled because you couldn't just yeah. find that stuff on YouTube, which you can find a lot of stuff on the internet now. It's not like you can't find porn, but it's not in these like basic websites as much. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like people's ideals are still stuck in that generation. They think all Yaoi is still that. And I'm like, it's developed a lot more. You have stories like Doku say, you have things that have evolved in because there's a higher demand. There's a higher demand for quality. And so there's there's better stories that are more closer to what we expect from Yuri on Ice um, that people aren't out there looking for them because they just assume that Yaoi is, is what they think it is. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things like in the anti-Fujoshi discourse that they're like oh Fujoshi are all like straight women who would call like their mm-hmm. gay ships their sin babies and I'm like okay that may have been true in like 2004 <laughs> but it's 2018 it's 2018 and people call themselves weeaboos now willingly even though they used to be an insult that you didn't want to be called mm-hmm. back in the day like language evolves and fujoshi has evolved as we've gotten older because a lot of us when we were that age we didn't know maybe that we were lesbians like me i was like oh i i guess i have to like guys and i guess i'm a fujoshi so you know just put these things together but i'm older now and i've got money and i've got a girlfriend and i'm still a fujoshi as the term evolves with you and I think the fact that people are, even like 14 year olds who were like, what, in elementary school when we were doing these things, how do they still have that mindset? Like, where is that coming from? It's insane to me. Well, but. and the progress is really what allows somebody to come in and say, Yuri and Ice isn't BL. Because if we mm-hmm. looked at that anime 10 years ago, 
it would have been within the the North American Yaoi canon. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. I, I mean, I still think a lot of people have adopted it into that because I still see equal numbers of people saying, oh, it's a Yaoi and people who say it's not. But that, that progress where we can say that not everything that's gay has to be a BL mm-hmm. allows them like Yuri and I to be viewed through a different context, which allowed other people who were not with an anime to come in and watch Yuri and I's. There's massive amounts of people based on how popular Yuri was, who've only watched Yuri Nice as their exposure to anime mm-hmm. because of the strength of it being this, you know, great gay romance that wasn't, you know, as fetishy, wasn't something that was, you know, within this BL. It didn't have the BL, like, box put around it. Yeah. And we talk about the early 2000s and, like, how we were before, like, the Wild West, and it's true. It was every man for himself but um like we are the ones who created AO3 because after the live journal strike through um asked a lot and I really hope I'm pronouncing her username right because I never had to say it out loud before um she created a live journal post that was called an archive of one's own where she advocated creating an, uh, an open source fan fiction like hub that wouldn't like be subjected to censorship like live journal it wouldn't be like or fanfiction.net when yeah. they took away the, oh, yeah, the M rating oh. and they were like well we're done here <laughs> yeah, that was the apocalypse and, uh, yeah. I think it was a fan lib which was uh, which monetized fan fiction um and they were like it'll be open source um it'll be just for everyone and there will be no censorship because censorship is subjective and like if you block this one thing eventually that'll snowball out which is what happened on fanfiction.net so archive of one's own was uh of our own was created by Astolot, who was a Winset shipper and who wrote Thorky fan fiction. So it was created by someone who like shipped incestuous ships. Mm-hmm. And now you have these antis coming in like, oh, you can't, you shouldn't have this stuff on AO3. You should ban it. And I'm like, do you have any idea how we got here? I mean, just the, it's like they, I mean, it's, it's tone deaf. They mm-hmm. don't know the history of this and yeah. they're coming in to somebody who's like, I, it's just even within what, 10 years that people mm-hmm. don't know about the, the live journal incident that created this. And it's just, it's a censorship argument, which is why, regardless of what the content is, I mean, there's stuff that's out there that I would never want to read, let alone ever even have the chance to read, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be out there. Exactly. And as, you know, from an art point of view, like, you should never have censorship. Yeah, and what also gets me is because AO3 has really good, like, warnings, like there's a section dedicated to what warnings for specific fanfiction, mm-hmm. so it's not like fanfiction.net, well, like, you wouldn't always have those warnings, you just have a section where you can look straight up and see, okay, does this, this have rape, does this have incest, you can set, like, custom warnings, I think? Yeah, they just now introduced exclusions this year, so you can exclude anything that is tagged with underage or non-con, mm-hmm. so, like, as a librarian, that's more, like, uh, barriers in a library because libraries we don't say oh this section is just the incest books don't go there unless you have an ID it's just like <laughs> shoved in there by author and we don't put a warning on it Yeah. Um, so trying to get rid of AO3 I think someone on Tumblr said this best which you don't hear that often um, mm-hmm. but uh, if you get rid of AO3 you won't get, a ri- get rid of problematic content you'll just get rid of those like barriers and those like tags the content will still be out there. It just won't be, like, properly it'll just, tagged. It'll find a new place to go. Yeah. yeah. Like, you won't... No one's going to stop being, like, problematic just because, like, you shame them. Because like, we're allowed to like it. Yeah. We shouldn't stop something, and you can like stuff that's bad. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you bad. So, therefore, it's always going to be out there and available. Yeah. And there's a phenomenon called the shame ratio, where once antis came in, like, people have been, like, kudoing, like, problematic content less. So, like, if it's incestuous or, if, like, there's an age gap, um, people kudo it less, but the hits are higher. So, you get, like, things that have, like, 10 kudos, but, like, 
5,000 people read it. So people are still consuming the content. Mm-hmm. They just aren't like publicly saying that they are. Well, yeah. sometimes I think I'm just too lazy to hit the goodies. <laughs> yeah, I'm but like sorry. Usually at least a 15% like between like 15% like hit ratio. So like okay. if you get like 200 uh, kudos, you usually have about like a uh, thousand or two thousand like hits but things with like problematic content have lower have much lower kudos but much higher hit counts mm-hmm. so so even some of these antis could still be reading it exactly but not actually saying they do exactly i mean for a lot of us like bl and getting into slash it was curiosity killed the cat you know yeah. like you say oh i'm not going to read this i don't like this and then you do and you're like it just hits you <laughs> So. Where did it come from? I don't know how this happened. That happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you tried it. So this thing, you got to be open to some of this stuff instead of just being, you know, like, I don't want to say a prude, but some of these antis, it's like, just lighten up a bit. Like, again, what is this actually going to do? How is this harming you? Yeah, they're just kink shaming a lot of people. Yeah, because, like, the thing is, their uh, philosophy is you can't have this out there because someone, heaven forbid, might read it and then, like, try to emulate it. So you can't, like, put a rape fic out there because someone will read it and think, oh, this is fine, and then they'll go out and rape someone. This is just, like, the classic conservative argument about pornography and about anything that's, like, sinful that if it doesn't match a biblical thing that it's like oh you just can't have this like because i mean ooh, if you have a gay movie the kids might become homosexual what about the macy's parade oh that was just so bad <laughs> and we can't have like grand theft auto because then columbine will happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like legitimately older people like our baby boomers thought that columbine was a result of violent video games and like a bunch of legislature which didn't get passed because of librarians or like you can't just ban these things because someone somewhere might take it the wrong way mm-hmm. because catcher in the rye is still in libraries all over the place even though it's been like how many mass shooters and assassinations have like had that book in their possession john hinckley jr like when he murdered well he tried to murder ronald reagan um he had that book in his possession as did mark david chapman when he did murder john lennon but we still have that on there because just because some people might read this and take it the wrong way doesn't mean that it should be blocked for everyone. Because we assume that most adults are reasonable and can tell right from wrong. We can't baby people. Well, and it doesn't look at the real things. Because if you look at the whole violent video games versus mass shootings, the real problem is gun control. Mm-hmm. But there's an inability to like t- tunnel in on that one huge issue. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing with antis, it's like... I mean, maybe there are some other issues out there. Maybe there is a, a growing pedophilia problem, but they're they're focusing on the wrong things mm-hmm. instead of, again, instead of the actual issues. Exactly. And I think those individuals are just strictly looking for something that they can use to justify whatever it is that they hate. Kind of like when a lot of people turn to the Bible and say, oh, you know what? being gay is wrong because it says this in the Bible. Well, the Bible said a lot of things, guys. I mean, it even approved incest at one point in yeah. the Old Sodom Testament. And, and I think it's yeah. like daughters. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're just outright supposed to, like, regal stuff in the Old Testament, like the New Testament the stuff you're supposed to. Yeah, that's what to. a lot of people keep telling me. Well, they're like, well, that was the Old Testament. Yeah, like, you shouldn't use that. Well, it's like, well, then why do you keep bringing it up? Yeah, I believe like, the Old like, Testament. How many guys do we know who are like, oh, gay dudes are like going to hell? Watch lesbian porn. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. Like, you you use what you need to to mm-hmm. condemn what you don't like, and then you just continue enjoying what you, you cherry do like. pick. Yeah. It's cherry picking. Oh, yeah. Here. Just the same the way, same thing that they do um, with Muslims this is what my biological dad was trying to do saying they're coming here they're trying to bring out Shiite law but I mean even individuals in the Muslim community they do not agree with Shiite law that is very very conservative that's like that's like saying, well, all Catholics are just like the Westboro Baptist Church okay all Catholics all Christians, 
they are not like a cult like that. That is a cultist mindset. You, you just can't cut and choose. But then, so you know, you'd have to actually talk to these people. He'd yeah. have to talk to real Muslims to find out that exactly. they're not all like that. Yeah. And they don't want to. It's, it's like I'm in my own little safe space that I've carved out for myself. But then they want to attack somebody else's safe space they carved out for themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that they're coming into our yeah. spaces. Again, not they're like, coming into my house. Yeah. They're telling me the decor is bad. It's like you, if you have, like, your walls are paisley colored. Yeah. Let's say. And you have, like, signs that say, hey, my house is paisley colored. Don't come in if you don't like paisley. Yeah. And they come in through the street and say, why is your house paisley colored? It says, colored? don't like, don't read. You put the, that's yeah. why you put the tags. There's there's a system here which protects everybody. Okay. Yeah. When I was younger, I would put it in the story. Like, I'd put, like, in quotation marks, like, <laughs> Next bits coming up. Do not read any further or just skip yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So while we're on this subject, what do we think could, like, what reasonable steps could antis actually take in protecting themselves? Like, if they want to reach their goal of, like, no problematic content to, read a, to reach a minor, how would they reasonably go about doing it besides, like, trying to burn the whole place to the ground? And in, in terms of, like, they don't want to see the problematic content or they just want to prevent other people from seeing it. Yeah. Like the mystery girl who was at our panel who was like, well, my oh. my uh, friends think that killing stalking is a great relationship. So how can oh. you say that people should read killing stalking? You th- I don't think they could prevent. Like, unless you, like, a parent and, like, you're preventing your kid, like, it's not possible because people are just going to seek it out. They'll find, like, other websites and stuff. It's always going to happen. Well, that's I where do, you, as a friend, I think, need to come in and say, yeah. hey, this is wrong. It's a work of fiction. And point out that it's fiction between real life. That's what I That's what I think is, like, you shouldn't, like, ban uh, things because people may take them the wrong way. You shouldn't mm-hmm. teach people like to separate reality from fiction like well try to I can, yeah i can go affecting them though because if this girl just simply is stating hey i like this relationship i think it's loving but then it's not really affecting her because i there's plenty of things again that i like in fiction that aren't gonna you know actually come out in reality so you can't just like you can't overstep your balance and like presume that somebody's that far gone yeah, yeah i mean like i can be trusted to go into Netflix and watch American Psycho and not murder somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do that all the time. I watch shows about murder, and I, I've yet to murder someone. Oh, yeah, I have, yeah. I've read, like, I read a bunch of fiction where the brothers have sex, mm-hmm. but I've never fucked a sibling. No, this so, is exactly what I pointed out. This thing, as if you were wondering, I've never fucked a sibling. Neither have I, just for the record. No, I pointed that out in my Killing Stalking panel. It's like, how many people enjoy a true crime podcast? There are a multitude, like yeah. Martinis and Murder and that's why we drink the Y Garage and, and Hannibal. Like, like uh, people watch yeah. Hannibal and they love yeah. it. And no one here is a serial killer. Uh, was it the Y Garage? <laughs> and there's like all. a barrier between yeah. the two oh because you have the people that like true crime, like documentaries and stuff, and it's like okay, that's expected. But then of course you sort of like you know like you've crossed the line when you have like girls like sending love letters to serial killers mm-hmm. and that's when you know okay this is going too far yeah but, but we don't like yeah. take making a murderer off netflix because a yeah. girl might be enamored with one of the yeah exactly like you know like and at that point if they're like trying to like like fuck serial killers because everybody be, has like, control okay. over their own action like as you're discovering fan fiction you're going to discover a lot about yourself you know it's not that it didn't affect me i mean like so I think as I was discovering this fan fiction, I learned a lot about my sexuality, about my preferences in terms of men versus women, that kind of thing. So it can be a good way to explore, but as you find things you don't like, just kind of like mentally catalog it. And then, you know, when you're searching, Hey, uncheck these things, mm-hmm. you know, you can protect yourself. Like I have, I have a phobia of moths. I protect myself all over the internet where I have that shit blocked wherever I can, you know, and it's like, it's a ridiculous thing. Yes. And that's a meme too now. But I, I know oh, it's very no. difficult to be on Facebook. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I know there are some places I cannot escape it. 
but you don't get angry when somebody posts it, you know? Like, sometimes I might just be like, oh, why did this person do it? But I'm not going to, like, call them up and be like, why did you post this mob? You know? It's, <laughs> it's like people who are afraid of mobs. <laughs> there's only so much you can protect yourself in online, you know? And yeah. if it does occur, you just kind of have to, you know, dust yourself off and move on. And then just take the next best steps. You then learn, oh, I can block things on Tumblr. Blocking the mock tag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. There was one time where, like, Tumblr and 4chan sort of had a war. Because, obviously, oh chance always going to be full of assholes. You know, it's always going to be, like, dicks on the internet. So you have We're to be your, dicks. <laughs> but you have to be your own advocate. Because it was, like, one time, well, like, 4chan, like, raided Tumblr. And all these, like, kids on Tumblr were engaging with 4chan, these guys on 4chan. And they were like, hey, stop, don't do this. But it just wasn't going to work because this is 4chan. They don't care about, like, the kids. They're intentionally making you angry and stuff. And at that point, don't just interact with them. Just, like, block them. Just move on. You know, sign out Tumblr while, like, the raid's going on if you need to. But just, like, protect yourself because people on the internet aren't. Because when they're anonymous, they will be dicks. They will not care about you. They just care about their own satisfaction. The general consensus here is fandom is not your safe space. So you should carve out your own safe space. That's what block yeah. lists are for. That's why you can curate who you follow. Even if you're on Twitter, you can still just follow select people. I mean, Twitter isn't as um, insulated as LiveJournal was, and neither is Tumblr. But you can still have a followers list of only people that you trust and right. people whose content that you agree with. I mean, I block Cheeto Jesus, so. <laughs> yeah, and if, if you have something that really bothers you, you know, like, I, to, I mentioned to a lot of my friends, and they are thankfully mostly considerate about not posting moths or warning me, hey, I took a photo of a moth today. Don't look at my Facebook or don't look on my Instagram. Um, but, you know, if you have something because it's it's based on a traumatic experience or you have a legitimate trigger, I mean, we're not trying to downplay any of that. You need to, in some cases, you do need to communicate because your friends can look out for you. I have, I have a friend who, for her, seeing somebody be hanged is a trigger. So anytime I see it in anime, I'll shoot her a message and be like, hey, I don't know if you're watching this one this season, but don't watch because it's got this or skip this episode. Because, you know, if somebody's a really good friend, they will be looking out for you. But you have to communicate and you, again, can't get angry on the back end if you haven't been upfront about, like, what your difficulties are going to be with this stuff. Yeah. So you can, um, I know you can't always protect yourself from things you don't want to see. Like, things do pop up, but you doesn't mean you should, like, attack the person who posted that thing. And, like, I know when I was younger, and for a lot of people this happened, if you want to go on, like, once fanfiction.net banned in, like, mature fanfictions, we all went to adultfanfiction.net. Mm-hmm. And they ask you if you're 18, and you just lie, and you say you are. <laughs> and you don't even type your real name, you type, like, something, yeah. like, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. I had to, like, actually look up. There was a time where I had to, like, actually look up and see what year I would be 18. I had to put, like, oh, okay. So. I just oh, right, put so the oldest 18. age possible. Like, <laughs> I had, like, like, 1900, and I was like, that's my age. I just put, like, 1980. Yeah, and the thing is, like... My parents, of course, were like, are super Christians, so they never taught me about sex. And I went to high school in Texas, so I didn't take sex ed. So maybe that's one of the places that we could start is like educating. Like, if you if you're afraid that minors may see these things and like think, oh, that's something that I should do. If they're getting their relationship pointers from uh, Junior Romantica, maybe have more sex education. Advocate for sex education. Ad- mm-hmm. Advocate for like uh, informing them about like healthy relationships. Don't leave the internet to raise your kid. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, don't get mad when the internet like shows them. Two girls, one cup. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. But Meat I stand. also think that, like, the the don't automatically assume that because people are reading bad things that they're going to take it and apply it to the rest of their lives. Yeah. They're allowed to like those bad things. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of stories with Dubcon. I like Dubcon sometimes. 
I like rape sometimes. That doesn't make me want to go rape someone or want to see that in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I've, I've read The Collector by John Fowles, which is which has inspired like no listen. I think six serial killers to like kidnap and murder women. But I haven't murdered a woman, and millions of us have read that book and have not murdered women. Yeah. So I, you can just like you have to you have to just mm-hmm. expect that we're all mature enough and like uh, intelligent enough that we can separate um, fiction from reality. And if uh, heaven forbid someone reads it and is not able to, like with Catch on the Rye or Natural Born Killers, you don't just burn the whole thing to the ground. We aren't responsible a, for other people's mentality. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not always a, you know, even if you like these problematic things, it's not always going to be that you like them. I read um, the book A Little Life by Hani Yanagihara, which has a lot of things that in the BL setting, I it's, it ticked a lot of the boxes like, yes, I want this in a story. I know it's going to be sad. It's going to be terrible. But that book fucked me up. Like, it was actually almost too real for me because then it made me confront, oh, if I've been fetishizing these things like this is what it could really do to somebody mm-hmm. and for a long time I then took a break from the stuff I was like I have to reevaluate I still admittedly came back to a lot of the same things that I like in BL but it's like it's perfectly fine for me to have had that reaction too it's not this monolithic thing that you're always going to enjoy in the story mm-hmm. you can't sanitize fiction like I know The Color Purple is one of the most challenge, frequently challenged books because mm-hmm. it it depicts um, um, rape and incest of our uh, protagonist who writes about it and people are like oh you can't show this to anybody in libraries because if they read about rape and incest, they'll, I, I guess they don't, I don't know. I guess they thought that people would go out and like rape their daughters or something. Or that it'll be too traumatic for them, but yeah. you're not letting people be, make the decision for themselves or to be challenged by the material because sometimes that's part of growing or being, for me, my experiences very much are like pro read any book, sometimes read the challenging ones that come out of like an, like an honors AP English type mentality where you do read difficult subject matter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not that you need to always get parental permission or this kind of thing. Cause you need to challenge students. Yeah. Literature isn't just for entertainment always. Sometimes it's thought provoking. It's not supposed to just be happy go lucky. Like if you're reading the color purple and you're mad because you know, it's not like a happy story about a girl who gets married and rides off into the sunset. And then you need to reevaluate what you think literature is. Mm-hmm. So, and I know we were going to talk about that. We got sidetracked. We, we did, were going to yeah. talk about like a problematic content that we enjoy and how we're all we're all healthy for the most part, <laughs> mature mm-hmm. people who are who live in society and have yet to fuck our family members or murder anybody. <laughs> wow, this is seem really awful. <laughs> but we're not doing it. So That's true. <laughs> Despite my many years of loving Ed Al, I have not yet done anything. I mean. Well, you said yet. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything, okay? It's not on the table. <laughs> it's not, on the, it's table. not on the table. It's a complete separate separate thing. Um, but that's, I mean, that's probably my, at this point, that seems to be my worst thing other than a healthy or maybe unhealthy obsession with Maiden Rose, which is about as worse as anybody else gets. But, yeah. you know. I mean, like, I, I admit that I my interests are often um, hypocritical. Like, I don't do age gaps and I don't do uh, power imbalances. But hey, if a guy wants to fuck his brother, who am I to say no? That is such a power It's not like a, a dad's brother. Like, is there, they are uh, reared in the same like way. So, and then when you get that slight bit of just the tiny kick of like the unhealthiness because it's like you're too too close. Yeah, co- yeah. codependency. Codependency <laughs> is the flavor that makes it so good. Because if there's no codependency, it would logically never happen. It's the flavor in the incest stew that you yeah. enjoy yeah. so much. Um, and stew surprisingly has milk, which is why Ed. <laughs> 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 
See, like me, I don't like incest, but I'm not going to hate on you guys for liking it. Thank like, you. go for it. I'm never going to ship it out because, you know, they're brothers and I don't like that. But that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to hate that. What I like is, is like, uh, the, the Lotar Lance ship, the Lancelot, where it's like he rapes Lance and he forces him into an unhealthy relationship. I love that because it leads to my favorite ship at quick, the end. Quick segue. <laughs> um, fun fact here. Um, so there was uh, the lady who storyboarded for She-Ra was liking a bunch of anti-tweets uh, who were anti-Sheath because of Sheath's uh, age gap. And she had some uh, Lotor uh, Lance uh, fan art in deep into her tone that she oh forgot my. to uh, delete. So, oh no. Like I said, antis, they all have yeah, demons too. it's, it's yeah. It's nitpicking on your favorite ships. Like, I will never hit on Sheath. I'm not a Sheather, but you know what? They can go for it. I'm not going to be anti-Shaladin. I read too much Nanabora. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all have our little, like, quirks. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that I really like killing stalking. I did find it disturbing um, when Yoon-Bum was getting raped by his uncle. That was disturbing, and I needed to take a break from reading it for, like, five minutes. But that was also one of my favorite scenes because it was very powerful and invoked an emotion in me. And if an artist can do that with their artwork or with a book, that's insanely powerful. That's incredible that they can do it. They're very talented. Um, but yeah, overall, I really enjoy killing stalking because it also will highlight mental illnesses that Yoon Bum is suffering from. Um, and then Song Wu, there we go. I almost forgot his name there for a second. Um, how he's a psychopath. And it just kind of, it always brings you back to how are psychopaths made or are they born that way, which a lot of true crime podcasts get into very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another great thing about fiction is that it doesn't always have to be like squeaky clean happiness. Like it's about Stockholm syndrome, which is yeah. it's interesting. It's not a happy like mm-hmm. love story, but if we only ever had happy love stories with like no no problematic content, life would be so boring. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning. Like, there's usually a lesson to be learned that you may learn from a story, and that's kind of what you can pick up from killing stalking is what is mentally wrong with these individuals and how can you stop that in yeah. real life, potentially. And even if it's just like random plot would plot, like fisting fan fiction, mm-hmm. you still enjoyed it, and now, like, <laughs> that's legitimate too. <laughs> well, and I mean, a good one in looking at the, the balance that we've kind of been talking about, like this season, Banana Fish, there, is, there are scenes where the, you've got the female gaze and it's a little uncomfortable because it's always on Ash. And we know, based on his history, that's what makes him uncomfortable. But then the way that they deal with his history, the way that he specifically deals with it and talks about it, like, he talks about it more than anybody else does. He himself brings it up. I think is very powerful. Captain Friends has got that whole tragic blonde thing where he had a really, really dark past, and he was so fucked up, but it makes him so much better as a character, and I love him more, and that's a terrible thing for me to say about somebody. And the power imbalance of slave versus master. The more they throw out Ash, and the more they talk about it, the better he gets. Right? It's (laughs) interesting. I don't want a squeaky clean, like, well-adjusted character to love. Like, fuck that. Give me your broken boys. Give me your guys who suffer from codependency. Give me these horrible little human beings because mm-hmm. I don't want that in my real life so I can enjoy that in fiction. The more broken the more beautiful. Exactly. And that makes me terribly rotten. <laughs> like, aren't we all a little bit rotten? I mean, even antis, like, they have all the Fujo traits and they just refuse to call themselves Fujos and they think that makes them more superior. But it doesn't. Yeah. You're trash with the rest of us. It's like saying, I'm not a racist, but... Like, <laughs> well... Yeah. So... That's basically what we want to talk about. I'm sure we have a lot more, but um, if you come to our panels in 2019, perhaps you will hear us talk about this a little bit more. Um, any last 
second thoughts about antis or problematic content or how that's how we've been raised like that. Mm. Get Katie off has lawn. something to say. Get off, get off our yeah, get off our collective lawns. <laughs> I mean, AO3 was created by a, a team of um, incest fan fiction writing ladies. Like it was created by a team of women who they had a goal they believed in and they made it happen. So if you're an anti, you can make something happen like that too. It's an open source code. You can make your own AO3. Or you can go back to fanfiction.net, which is already sanitized and ready for you. And just leave it. <laughs> Leave the AO3 to us. It just stay off our I mean, you can click on what you want to see. Yeah. So, I mean, there should be no excuse. Yeah, because if you're running into something that you don't like, the excuse is that no one should like it. Even if you can't see it, no one should enjoy it. And that's just not not reasonable. It's not reasonable. It's not fair. Like, I would like for there not to be any more Lolly Kong looking neck beards, but they're still going to be there. You know, but sometimes you just like to watch things burn, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you like to read bad things just to watch them be bad. Yeah, it's like you love your favorite character, but you like it when he's hurt, don't you? Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going back to that thing about liking things burn. Okay, that podcast. Uh, uh, my dad wrote a porno. That the writing is so god awful. It makes like if I were to read that book, my eyes would burn just listening to the podcast. It makes my ears bleed. But it's just hysterical, and I mean, everyone's just laughing at what this guy wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like books. Like books in the library, they have bad things too. Like flowers in the attic. Thank you. <laughs> flowers in the attic is about a dude who fucks his sister and then he rapes his sister and then they ride to the sunset together. I mean, American Psycho is about a crazy person who murders people, and those are all accessible at your local library. But you wouldn't advocate banning those books or burning those books. So why are you doing that to your fan spaces? Like, censorship is bad. Harassing people is bad. If you don't like something, don't read. We should really bring that back. Just yeah. ship and let ship. And we're a small group anyway. Don't attack your own peeps. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's your fellow LGBT people who are doing this. Like, fandom, it, for the most part, fandom is dominated by women and people who identify as LGBT. If, you, if you're not going after, like, the straight dudes of the world who are writing, uh, like, Game of Thrones, then don't come after us. Go after George R. R. Martin. I mean, he has a beautiful. He doesn't millions. like people who write fan fiction. No, he doesn't. That's why you can't do it on um, FF.net, but you can on AO3. They will uh, not stop you. <laughs> they won't stop you. And they will protect you if he comes after you legally, which he won't because, I mean, he's got, he doesn't have time for that. He's writing his another book. But um, if Game of Thrones has a viewership of millions and you have a guy fucking his aunt on there, why are you more concerned with this like small fan fiction on this website that some like gay kid wrote? Hashtag ban Game of Thrones, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I love Game of Thrones, guys. <laughs> We're changing the difference from anti to anti Game of Thrones. We're going to march no. on George R. R. Martin. Like house. what you like. <laughs> We're going after George R. R. Martin. We we go at dawn. <laughs> you know what you should go after? The stuff that harms actual people, like abusive porn companies like facial abuse and guns yeah just like guns have yeah. one function and that is to shoot <laughs> yeah like people are watching like facial abuse well actual like women are being abused so go go like go fight against them go be a positive change especially when there are kids watching that so, you know and according to Pornhub's analytics which they do every year um incestuous things and uh rough sex for women is actually the top uh, some of the top categories yeah, in both men yeah, so like people enjoy these things. They're not going to stop enjoying these things just because you try to hide them. Um, so 
that's pretty much it. I think this may be our longest episode to date. We'll <laughs> see if we can cool. edit it down a bit. Um, but I'm sure we have a lot more to say, and we will be saying it in the future. Um, but that's it for this episode. Uh, we'll just keep a lookout for our um, 2019 panel offerings, which we'll be talking a little bit more about in the future, hopefully, if we get that planned out. Um, so I'm Cho. I'm Ashley. Melissa. I'm Sarah. And I'm Puzzle Savant. All right. And we'll see you next time.